2: Armageddon, Armageddon, the end of existence, right? The ultimate battle, everything destroyed. Joe Biden has thrown this on the list of things to worry about. It's not enough that we have inflation, crime out of control, uh, this crazy woke stuff, gas prices, everything really seems to be going downhill. Joe thinks it's time to worry about the end of the world. So he was at a fundraiser, talking tough, wanting to sound like a big guy, shooting his mouth off, and he said this. Uh, He said, We have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis, but guess what? We're there right now. I don't think there's any such thing as the ability to easily use a tactical nuclear weapon and not end up with Armageddon. So, right now, Putin, Putin is talking about using um, nuclear weapons. We don't like that. I don't think... It's right to talk about Armageddon right now. I don't think it's—I um, just don't think it's good for anybody. Do you? Does anybody really think Putin's going to do it? If he is, there's got to be other ways to discourage him. I don't want to be worried all over again. Do you? I really don't think we're—it's going to happen. But this is nothing like the Cuban Missile Crisis. Who remembers that? I wasn't around for it, but it was a big deal.
3: Cuba was a quarantine of all offensive weapons being shipped from Russia to that island fortress. The U.S. threw up a steel fence, prepared to stop any vessel carrying materials of war. In Cuba itself, 100,000 men were put under emergency orders as they had been during past invasion scares. The waterfront in Havana and along other parts of the coast bristled with gun emplacements as the Cuban regime waited to see what their bosses in the Kremlin were to do. Cuba became the focus of world attention. Here centered the most critical threat of global war since the surrender of Germany 17 years ago.
2: Wow, all right, it was a very, very big deal. And how did we handle it, the United States of America, with solemnity, dignity, and strength?
0: No one can foresee precisely what course it will take or what course. Or casualties will be incurred. Many months of sacrifice and self-discipline lie ahead. Months in which both our patience and our will will be tested. Months in which many threats and denunciations will keep us aware of our dangers. But the greatest danger of all would be to do nothing.
2: Fast forward, he was the 35th president of the United States. Now we're on our 45th president of the United States. How does he handle the prospect of nuclear Armageddon? Did you see him run? (laughs) Why why was he running? He was running. All right. Back to uh, dignity, solemnity and strength. American citizens have become adjusted to living daily on the bullseye
0: of Soviet missiles located inside the USSR
2: or in submarines. It's true. Back then, and even through the 70s and a good chunk of the 80s, We knew what it was like to feel like there could be nuclear holocaust, right? The Soviets had their weapons pointed at us, vice versa. That's the one big thing from the Cold War uh, being over. There's not going to be an all-out nuclear conflagration, right? But Joe Biden wants to make people worried. I don't think there's any such thing as the ability to easily use a tactical nuclear weapon and not end up with Armageddon. Look, I can see you want to discourage them from using these weapons. But I don't think he said this on purpose. I think it was just Joe being Joe. He should not, he should retire. He's just not good at this stuff. And when he's not telling big stories at uh, fundraisers, he's telling all of us, right? Looking right at us and saying, wow, you know, MAGA this and trying to scare us all the time. Look, Joe, you don't have to try to scare us about things that aren't real or don't pose a significant threat. We have enough significant threats out there that we have to deal with that you refuse to, like crime. Uh, uh, Again, in my beloved city, a guy stabbed right in front of, like, 50 people. The guy in the red vest, you're watching the last few seconds of his life. He's being stabbed right now. And we don't know who did it. This is happening everywhere. Now, (laughs) and and this poor soul, a 61-year-old man being beaten to a pulp, why? These punks wanted his cell phone, his cell phone. I thought that, anyway, what else? You've seen, we've all seen this a million times. It's happening everywhere. Um, And this is what I think it's a result of the summer of 2020, Black Lives Matter, and the delegitimization of cops. Criminals feel emboldened. And especially here in New York, when they're caught, they're out of jail literally within moments. Moments. They're not even kept overnight no bail this is serious stuff you know i go back to 2020 and joe biden refused to utter certain words it's kind of interesting now especially now law and order were the words i'm talking about and president trump well he made a pretty simple challenge that joe biden just would not take
4: i don't think you have any law enforcement you can't even say the word law enforcement because if you say those words you're going to lose all of your radical left supporters. And why aren't you saying those words? Why don't you say the words law enforcement? Democrats Absolutely that run these cities ridiculous. don't want to talk like you about law and order. Violent and you crime. still haven't mentioned Violent Are crime. you in favor of law and order? I'm in favor of law. You Are you in favor of law and order? Yes, I'm in favor of law and order. order.
5: Let
0: him law and order with justice where people get treated fairly.
2: Justice. Fairly. Fairness. Those are code words for the Black Lives Matter stuff, for equitable justice, right? To look at historic wrongs and how can we fix them. Not whether somebody is innocent or guilty and what the evidence says, but all this stuff about what happened hundreds of years ago. That's the code. And the result of speaking like that, maniacs not being kept in prison, even when they made overt threats to, say, an estranged spouse. Take a look at this. Kira Hudson was in an abusive relationship, even posting a disturbing video on social media that shows her getting beaten up. Jeter says her sister was staying with her mother because she feared for her life. Kiera strapped on a bulletproof vest before leaving the house Wednesday morning, got in her SUV with her three kids, and was on her way to
3: drop them off at school when she was shot and killed.
2: Wow. Wow. By the way, they made an arrest in the... Um Uh, Las Vegas stabbing. You heard about that, right? Two people killed, six injured. Guy did it with a kitchen knife, ran off. Well, they got the person. He's in custody right now. And guess what? In this country, illegally. In this country, illegally. So our federal authorities are doing very little to help us with this. What about our local authorities? Well, Chicago, you know that crime is up 37%. And this is actually the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, from this week while she was at work. So, um, I think this could be pretty effective evidence for, say, her impeachment hearing. Don't you? What is this? What is this? In New York City, crime is up, uh, let's see, what? 36.8 percent, okay? Now, is our mayor taking it seriously? Well, maybe, maybe not.
3: Today, I am declaring a state of emergency in the city of New York and issuing an executive order.
2: Well, it's not about crime. (laughs) It's about immigration. It's not really a big problem here, but it does attract a lot of media attention, and he's all over that.
3: This executive order will formally direct all relevant agencies to coordinate their efforts to construct the humanitarian relief centers while also suspending certain land use requirements to expedite this process. New York City has already done more than nearly any other city to support this influx of asylum seekers. Wow, hope is on the way. Did you hear that about
2: the land use requirements? We are suspending the rules. So exciting. So frivolous. So silly. This is what he's talking about, by the way. They built a bunch of tents for these people who are coming to New York. And guess what? They built them too close to the beach. (laughs) They flooded right away. Who does that? So they had to take them down, set them up somewhere else. Uh, What else do I have here? Um, Show me the next picture, please. Oh, yeah. This is real immigration issues, right? Down in Texas. This stuff. This stuff. And this guy can't figure out where to to set up a tent. And, you know, these immigrants who are coming to New York— It's only a handful, comparatively speaking. This is what he says is a crisis. Look at this. This is the bus terminal. And here they come. Okay? No big deal. But, 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 look at what our police department is doing. They're giving these uh, bus drivers, not the immigrants, the bus drivers, the Donald Trump treatment, yeah, pull over the bus, inspect the bus, and see what you might be able to get them on, right? (laughs) Our city is totally falling apart. And we're screwing around with giving them tickets for not having enough air in the tire. That is really not going to help, is it? Wow, what an absurd world. And it's getting absurder, if that's a word. They're actually doing it. They're changing the names of the military bases. My beloved Fort Benning, been there many times. Train there is now what? Fort Moore? Yep, it's happening. I didn't think it would come to this. We'll be right back. The United States military, we love the United States military. I was in it for nine years, active duty. The Marine Corps absolutely loved it, then stayed in the reserves for about 11 years, and uh, had a great time. But let's face it, uh, military with this woke leadership is in a major, major slump right now. Uh, thanks to Joe Biden and his uh, buddies there, we lost in Afghanistan. We lost in Afghanistan, and the world has lost their respect for us. China is clearly on the rise. China is, boy, they mean business. I don't think we can keep up at this point because we're consumed with so many silly things. Putin, Putin is talking about nuclear weapons. And um, I don't, I don't know. I just, are we up to it at this point? Look at our recruitment numbers. We are not making basic recruitment goals. So (laughs) what should we be focused on right now? The United States, our military. Lethality, getting the job done, mission accomplishment, attention to detail. No, it's all that woke stuff. And you think that, nah, woke stuff, you know, just, okay, pay it a little bit of attention. You'd be surprised how much time it takes. There are only so many hours in the day. And the latest woke fiasco is actually coming to pass. They're renaming the bases, all right? Fort Benning, North Carolina. Now, all my time in the military... And I only went through Benning a couple of times, but, you know, I didn't know anything about Benning. Nobody in the military did, but we know Fort Benning, right? And when we talk about our service, and if we talk to somebody who served decades before us or decades after, we all know the same places, we all speak the same languages, right? Not anymore. Fort Benning will now be Fort Moore. I don't know who Fort I don't know who Moore is. I really don't even want to know, quite frankly. I think it might be a retire a, a general. I I there are lots of generals, okay? I'm sorry. We're ruining it. We're ruining it. Next uh Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg, a big 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 deal. Well, how are you going to What is it now? What's the name of it now? Fort Liberty. Nice, but it's not traditional. Now, I guess Bragg, whoever he was, Uh, had something to do with the confederacy is that is that the problem is that the problem you know it's part of our history might not be ideal but that fort fort bragg the name soldiers deployed from fort bragg to go overseas to go to vietnam to go to iraq and now we're losing that we're losing that let's see fort a.p hill not too far from washington d.c is now uh, fort walker i don't like this at all Fort Rucker. That's where the Army trains a lot of its helicopter pilots. No more. It's Fort Novacell. You know, I'm not being, I'm, I'm not unique in that I did not dwell on these names. And I'm not going to dwell on the names and the backstories of these new individuals. Um, Fort Walker, Fort Novacell. I don't care. All right. I'm sure it has something to do with the Civil War and fine. We didn't have to do this. I think it deserved a hell of a lot more consideration than it got. Colin Powell said something I, well, listen to this.
1: Do we need to rename these bases?
3: True. True. I would rename the bases. We really hadn't thought about it a few years ago. But now with Black Lives Matter and all the issues that are before us, I think it is a good idea to rename the 10 bases in the United States Army that are named after Confederates. You know, I never really thought about it. I went to Fort Benning, Georgia, named after a Confederate, and I did all my training there, but it never really stuck to me that this name should be changed. So I fully support what General Milley's doing. Uh, I hope he doesn't get any difficulty with it, with the rest of the administration. But I think this is something we should do, and we should do it as quickly as we can. Why?
2: Why? That was just a couple of weeks into the Black Lives Matter insanity, and he just jumped right on board. He said himself, he never really even thought about it, but yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Well. You know what that means? Uh, Your book is going to have to be updated, Colin Powell, the late great general Colin Powell. Yeah, you're going to have to have some editor, not you, your descendants, your (laughs) your family, somebody, because your book, I guess, now has a bunch of racist terms in it. So you mentioned, I think, that you went through Fort Benning. Right. And you also. So I looked it up in your book, um, dozens of mentions of Fort Benning and Fort Bragg. Are they going to have to be changed now? Huh? I mean. I think it's insane, and I think it's sad. How about this? White Lives Matter. The phrase White Lives Matter. Did you hear that? Uh, That's Kanye on the right and Candace Owens on the left. We love her. They wore White Lives Matter. I think it's great. Yes. Who can argue with that? I can't argue with Black Lives Matter. Of course not. I can argue with the organization, however. Black Lives Matter and all they stand for. But of course, Black Lives Matter. This is hate speech. No kidding. This is considered hate speech by the Anti-Defamation League. Are you serious? Yeah. They they seriously consider this officially uh I think white supremacist. Let's go ahead and put it up there. What is it? What is it? White lives matter is a white supremacist phrase. And why is that? Why is it? They they say that because uh the Ku Klux Klan, do they really even exist? Used it and in 2015 some other group used it. You know, Did they copyright the words white lives matter? I don't think they own those words. These are stupid groups. But the words alone are fine, obviously. You know, Adolf Hitler, uh, that wretched beast, he used the word share in his life. Are we not to utter the word share? This is really insane. And, you know, Kanye West... Because of this shirt and some other things he's saying, he's making a lot of sense, by the way. Uh, They canceled a major concert he was supposed to give in L.A. He had a big sponsorship with Adidas, the sneakers company. I haven't worn Adidas since I was in fifth grade, but uh, that's under review. He's probably going to lose it. And staff are quitting on him left and right. Hey, what was Fort Bragg's new name? What did they say Fort Bragg's new name was? Fort Liberty, right? Liberty. Huh. Wow. Talk about a misnomer. Give me a moment. We'll be right back with the latest Joe Biden gaffe. And it's a doozy. How many words are in the phrase made in America? Try to figure that one out while we uh, go to break and we'll tell you what Joe came up with.
4: Is, Is that, that the fake, fake news, news just doesn't, doesn't get, get it, it, do they? they now
2: this was a doozy. Even the fake news—you got to admit this—pretty ah, simple, but Joe
3: screwed it up. Let me start off with two words: made in America. Made in America. And that's not hyperbole. I'm not joking about that, as you know.
2: That was the only. Only he said he was joking. Of course, that is actually a hyperbole. Uh, let's break it down. Let's check the numbers okay made one word in two words America three words that yep that is three words. That is I guess quite frankly hyperbole. It's not two it's three bad stuff, bad stuff. this is a sign of really bad stuff. Uh, 25th amendment territory here we come. All right now let's take a look at this. Uh, Hunter Biden's in well he should be in a lot of trouble. It looks like they might charge him, but not as seriously as they should. And the mainstream media already spinning for him big time.
6: In terms of like corruption, conflict of interest, we've never heard a hint that that was that there were potential criminal charges there because Hunter Biden wasn't an office holder. It was perfectly legal for him to take money from foreign governments uh, as long as it wasn't he wasn't inappropriately giving them information from his family or something. There's no hint of that.
2: Not a hint? Not a hint? What about Hunter doing things for the countries that he was working for, doing things for them through his father? They wanted influence on his father, on American policy, you dummy. I'm sorry. Not a hint? That's what the whole thing is about. And take a look at it. Take a look at the circumstantial evidence, at least. That crazy trip to China, the vice president's son who's in his late 40s at the time— what else? What else? That crazy golfing trip, Devin Archer and these characters. Uh, we have also, uh, oh, the guys from Kazakhstan and Cafe Milano. Yeah, meet my dad, the vice president. Why? 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 And don't forget Barisma. <laughs> don't forget Barisma. Now, why did they hire this guy, this drug addict, $83,000 a month? What did they want from America? What did they want from us? Now, not a hint about Hunter Biden, but those incorrigible Trump children, right? Listen to the same reporter how he characterizes these great people.
6: Donald Trump Jr. was completely looking at this as a way to get incriminating information about Hillary Clinton. That's what he cared most about. And and Don Jr., instead of calling the FBI, instead of alerting authorities to this effort by the Russian government, took the meeting, as we know now. Eric Trump took the fifth more than 500 times when he testified in this case in October 2020. The thing about that, though, Jose, is that a failure to answer can be used against them in the civil case.
2: Wow. Talk about bias, huh? Talk about not being objective. Talk about gunning for one side and working for the other. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And these guys, they pretend, or at least they advertise themselves as being straight and narrow, right? Right down the middle. Give me a break. One more time with the uh, the quote from Joe Biden, all right, that's brought us to the precipice. You know, he's talking us into a really bad situation, maybe. We have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Next, please. Uh, I don't think there's any such thing as the ability to easily use a tactical nuclear weapon and not end up with Armageddon. I don't like him saying this. I don't want there to be Armageddon. I don't know what the hell he's going to do. Armageddon, this is a bad thing. He's a bad president, let's face it. So what the hell are the Murdochs doing raising money for the guy? The Murdochs, yeah, Rupert and uh, James. You know, the people who brought us Fox News. Fox News. Well, James Murdoch threw uh, Joe Biden a big fundraiser where Joe uh, shot off his mouth about the nuclear Armageddon. Thanks a lot. Yeah, why are you doing that? And why did Fox News call Arizona so early on election night?
6: Fox News' decision desk is calling Arizona for Joe Biden. That is a big get for the Biden campaign. You think? You think, Brett?
2: That changed history. That changed history, potentially. And we may not have much of a future left, thanks to uh, what you guys did. Amazing. All right. You know, at this point, I've seen so many nude pictures of Hunter Biden. I actually recognized that's Hunter Biden holding his gun on which for which he apparently lied on an application, a federal application. And he's in trouble for it. But that's not such a big deal. Is he going to get off easy? Stay with us. He just might. So, federal agency chargeable tax gun purchase case against Hunter Biden. Significant thing is that this actually made the Washington Post. We all know there's a major case to be made. Uh, Federal agents investigating President Biden's son Hunter have gathered what they believe is sufficient evidence to charge him with tax crimes and a false statement related to a gun purchase. All right, we talked about this uh, last night when it broke. But, 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 I'll come back to my initial thought. I think this might be, sadly, a good sign for Hunter Biden. Uh, I, don't like, I don't like the tenor of this. I want to bring in the expert, Eric Eggers, Vice President of Research at the Government Accountability Institute. He's the co-host of the Drill Down podcast, and he's an expert on all things corruption and Bidens and all that stuff. Uh, Eric, welcome back. How are you?
7: Hey, thanks, Greg. And it's such a good point you make. I mean, why is the Washington Post talking about Hunter Biden now? It's kind of like me talking about skinny jeans. The time to do it was years ago and now it's just a bad look and it's not going to matter um let's not forget this is an issue that swung the election two years ago uh but i'm interested in why you think this is a good sign for hunter biden
2: well two things number one uh they're talking about the gun issue and allegedly overwhelming evidence suggests that he lied on his application for the gun now as you know that's not prosecuted all that often and when it is the penalties tend not to be severe. I know technically it's up to 10 years in jail, but nobody ever does 10 years in jail for that. And the tax things, to me, smack of a civil case, and no one's talking about the you know, the, the foreign influence and registering as a lobbyist and all those uh, potential violations which entail a much more significant penalty. That's why I see this as potentially, you know, not the worst news in the world for Hunter Biden.
7: No, I think you're exactly right. A gun charge and potential tax issues Uh, pale in comparison to the severity of espionage or being cultivated by America's greatest threat, which is China. Um, I mean, we know and we've spoken before about the fact that this is part of China's game plan, is to cultivate assets with high-ranking officials in the United States. And the fact that Hunter Biden traveled with Joe Biden on Air Force Two and then launched his Chinese investment fund uh, within two weeks of that trip, I think, tells you, like, how deep this thing goes. And we now, as more emails come out, and oh, by the way, as the laptop, which should have, again, I think, dramatically impacted the election, but was censored by, among other people, the Washington Post reveal, uh, Joe Biden is enmeshed in Hunter Biden's business dealings with, among other people, the Chinese government. So you're absolutely right. If the worst thing that Hunter Biden is facing is charges of tax evasion and potentially a gun charge and potentially, you know, like amateur photography skills, then I think it's probably a good day for Hunter Biden. I
2: want to go back to Tony Bobulinski, uh at that debate in 2020. Just before the debate started, he comes out and makes, you know, a really shocking statement that is promptly ignored by most of the press. Take a look.
4: I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At, approximately, a, at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe that night, we discussed the Biden's history, the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. After that meeting, I had numerous communications with Hunter, Walker, Gillier, and Jim Biden regarding the allocation of the equity ownership of Sinohawk. On May 13th, 2017, I received an email concerning allocation of equity, which says 10% held by H for the big guy. In that email, there's no question that H stands for Hunter big guy for his father, Joe Biden, and Jim for Jim Biden. In fact, Hunter often referred to his father as the big guy or my chairman. On numerous occasions, it was made clear to me that Joe Biden's involvement was not to be mentioned in writing, but only face to face. In fact, I was advised by Gillian and Walker that Hunter and Jim Biden were paranoid about keeping Joe Biden's involvement secret.
2: You know what I heard this week? That nobody, since Joe Biden has become president, and after Bobulinski made that statement, not one person has asked Joe in a public forum, hey, um, have you ever met with Tony Bobulinski? Because he says he's met with you. No one has asked Joe Biden that. Isn't that kind of incredible?
7: It's absolutely incredible, but unfortunately, not all that surprising. I mean, remember, we're talking about a mainstream media They didn't just not report on the findings that were in Hunter Biden's laptop within two weeks of the election. They helped to actively censor it and discredit it. And we also know that they weren't alone in that. The FBI took part in that as well, as they've admitted. So what I think, unfortunately, um, we need to take a really hard look at is the fact that the the mainstream media is going to be not helpful on this. And you know that. That's why programs such as yours are so valuable. At the Government Accountability Institute, we've actually had access to multiple sets of Hunter Biden's emails, including... Um, you know, and been able to corroborate it with the help of people like Mr. Bobolinsky. And what I can tell you, Greg, is that of all the emails we've seen, we've seen numerous references to the big guy. We've seen numerous references to, um, you know, financial dealings that suggest a, a very close and intimate relationship with Hunter Biden and his father. The one email we haven't seen is somebody coming to Hunter Biden and saying, "Hey, we'd like for your father to do this," and him saying, "No, that's too much." Uh, we have yet to find any email in which he says, "No, my my father." That he's unwilling to get involved on this topic. Uh, unfortunately, I've seen numerous examples of the opposite.
2: So uh, the attorney general, Merrick Garland, swears that he's not paying attention to this. This is not my purview. It's all up to the U.S. attorney, a guy named Weiss. And uh, by the way, the whole leak, uh, the, the, which was probably an authorized leak in The Washington Post, that guy on the right, Chris Clark, he's Hunter Biden's lawyer. He wants people arrested now. It's kind of amazing. There's one leak. And he's demanding arrest after, you know, what Donald Trump went through in terms of leaks. And I don't know if people are aware of this. I find it stunning that Chris Clark, his law partner, is a guy named Perry who's married to Liz Cheney. I just, uh, that swamp, it is.
7: Can it get any swampier, uh, Eric? It absolutely cannot. And you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, imagine Chris Clark's main quote is, uh, it's not that my client is innocent of not only tax evasion and potentially gun charges, but also, again, actively working with the Chinese government and making money off of helping connect foreign entities with access to power. Uh, But Chris Clark's complaint is that someone told on us inappropriately and that someone's leaking information. And as far as Merrick Garland saying that he has absolutely no idea, I mean, that's laughable. If you believe that, then I think that, um, you know, you would believe many other things that. I think we can talk about it at a later date. But of course, yeah. um, it seems implausible that the Biden Justice Department has no knowledge of whether or not Joe Biden's son is going to be charged with crimes.
2: Very quickly, do you think is this uh, the, the momentum here around Hunter? Does it have anything to do with potential momentum? They want to get Trump. You know, this makes it somehow easier to indict Trump mm. if they go after Hunter. I've heard this kicked around. Do you buy it? Is there anything to that?
7: I don't buy it. I mean, it could be true. But to me, what it does is show how silly the incredible um, hysteria that the media has reached over what's happened with President Trump is compared to what's happened with Hunter Biden. We went we multiple agents raided the Trump home for documents. Meanwhile, we've got potentially state secrets um, and technologies being transferred to enemies being conducted via business with the president's son. And that's yeah. been ignored. I mean, hey, which one matters more?
2: Eric, uh it's kind of uncanny. I can't not mention it. You look a little bit like Hunter Biden. Have you ever gotten that before? (laughs) Right now in this lighting, whatever it is, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the drugged out psycho. I'm talking about when he was all cleaned up at the White House. There is a resemblance.
7: Hey, it's Friday night. It could be a resemblance in many other ways, Greg. But uh, what I will tell you is, no, I have actually gotten that before. In fact, you know, we run a very clean ship here at the Government Accountability Institute, uh, but it has been noted that I am the Hunter Biden of the office. Yes, sir. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes I make that observation
2: and no, Greg, only you, but I'm glad uh, it's not (laughs) only me. Eric Eggers, check it out. uh, The Government Accountability Institute, you got to go to g-a-i.org, or you can just go to the Drill Down podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Greg. All right. We're back with Mark Simone and Craig Shirley in just a moment. So Joe Biden looks like he's trying to scare people again. We have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban missile crisis. He goes on to say, I don't think there's any such thing as the ability to easily use a tactical nuclear weapon and not end up with armageddon and right now putin seems to be thinking of using a tactical nuclear weapon what does it mean and is the world really coming to an end let's bring in the guys who can set us straight we've got craig shirley presidential historian and author of the greatest speeches of donald j trump 45th president of the united states and mark simone iHeartRadio radio talk show host Gentlemen, uh tough scary words from Joe Biden uh although I just can't take him seriously. I just uh, Greg, what do you make of it?
5: Uh, I think it's a wag the dog situation. He's in such miserable political condition here in this country. Uh, the, the people who support him right now about amount to his immediate family and no more. <laughs> uh, is, is that so he's trying to 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 uh, divert attention to uh Putin and to uh, Ukraine and to uh, what's going on over in that part of the world to, to direct attention away from everything. He... Look, he's done nothing right. He has done absolutely, and I'm, I'm, I'm repeating what many other people have said on, on your show and other television shows, but it bears repeating, from Afghanistan up to the present, to inflation, to gas prices, to ga- grocery prices, to everything else, he has screwed up everything. Is like the Tantalus of Greek mythology, who reaches out, and every time he reaches out, he creates more disaster and mayhem. Uh, I, I I I think it uh, we've got a momentous Republican victory coming in November, not a moment too soon, so we All can right. stop this guy from doing anything else.
2: So, uh, Mark. Uh, Craig thinks it's wag the dog. It could also just be Joe shooting his mouth off for no particular reason and just wanting to sound like a tough guy.
3: Yeah, he does that all the time. But I I think uh, Craig is right. I think uh, they've seen the internal polling. They're going to get slaughtered and they want to make it sound like we're on the brink of World War Three. This is no time to make a change. You know, Democrats love to keep everybody in fear. They want you terrified at all times of, uh, in this case, nuclear war, even climate change. You look at the data. Uh, They'll try to convince you we're all going to burn up at any moment. The whole earth is going to explode from climate change. All it says is it could get one degree warmer in 100 years. You know, I'm a little chilly right now. I wouldn't mind one degree warmer.
2: (laughs) All right, Abe. Armageddon, Cuban Missile Crisis. I think you might like this, Craig. Here's John F. Kennedy handling the situation with, uh, you know, I think the appropriate seriousness and toughness that it required.
0: No one can foresee precisely... What course it will take, or what course or casualties will be incurred. Many months of sacrifice and self-discipline lie ahead. Months in which both our patience and our will will be tested. Months in which many threats and denunciations will keep us aware of our dangers. But the greatest danger of all would be to do nothing.
2: Wow. Fast forward to 2022. He was the 35th president. We're up to the 45th president. Watch this.
4: Mr. President, will
0: you talk to us about
1: Putin, sir? Do you think Armageddon
2: is coming, sir? He's running away. Do you think Armageddon is coming, this is uh, wow. That was that was even more pathetic than I remembered at the first. What do you think, Craig?
5: Well, believe it or not, I can actually remember when John Kennedy gave that national television speech. And you know, the funny thing is, is that we were all scared. I was just a little tired at the time, but I do remember it. We were all scared, but we were also reassured and felt felt uh, that the, the man, the president, John F. Kennedy, was going to get us get us through it. Uh, comparing. John Kennedy to uh, Joe Biden is uh, comparing a, a mouse to Superman. Uh, there's just no comparison whatsoever. And I, I weep for the country and I weep for the world to have this man in the Oval Office at this uh, critical juncture.
2: It really is something. And Mark, you have crossed paths with Joe Biden a lot, especially in Washington, D.C., at major events. Um, what uh, was that like, and what's he like up close? I've never met him. I've never been in the same room with him.
3: He just reminds you of uh, that senator in The Godfather, part two, just a creepy politician shaking people down behind closed doors. I wish he wouldn't trot like that. I, they, they must be hosing him down with Ben Gay right now. That's going to be days <laughs> of physical uh, And if we're facing Armageddon, address the nation. Don't just say it at a party with donors.
2: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, That's right. Yes. Uh, exactly. Uh, wow, well wow. Hey, uh, your book... Uh, it uh, looks great. Let's go ahead and put it up on the screen, please. The greatest speeches of Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States. Uh, what's the best speech by Donald Trump, Craig?
5: Oh, yeah. oh I knew you were going to do that. Uh, his his uh, State of the Union address in uh, 2018 was exquisite. It was excellent. Actually, all the speeches, uh, Greg, are, are very, very good. They're very well crafted. They're well, very well, they're fulsome. They're very well delivered. Uh, they're 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 uplifting and they're patriotic. Something that is uh, foreign to uh, to uh, Joe Biden. And they all, you know, they're all different on different subjects: Boy Scouts or uh, United Nations or State of the Union or whatever else. But he does. He is patriotic. He is optimistic. And he does with many of them close with that we can make America great again. Uh, with the the familiar catchphrase we're all so familiar with. So, uh, it, I, it's hard to say one speech, but if I had to say one speech, it would be the 2018 inaugural address. It was just, it was very, very good. And you know what also is they're all substantive too, too. The Chelsea answer is,
2: Craig, the answer is the July 4th, 2020 speech at Mount Rushmore. That, I believe, was yeah, the greatest that was, speech. Yeah, that was a good one. And the other one, you have the Boy Scout speech. That's where he talked about momentum, and that's where he talked yes. about his friend uh, Levitt, and he lost his momentum. And, Mark, the stories that he told, the life that he had in New York business, uh, you know, the, the fake news wrote them off. Oh, that's irrelevant, that's silly, and they misrepresent his career. But, no, it was so Crucial to his becoming president and being president.
3: But you know, he used to give these speeches about never give up, never quit. I'll never forget this line. He looked at him and he said, treat the word no as motivational speech, never give up. And I always remembered that.
2: Oh man. Well, hope he comes back. I think he will in a big spectacular way. Mark Simone from iHeartRadio, thank you. Craig Shirley, you. once again, the book is uh, available as of Tuesday. Let's put it up on the screen. The greatest speeches of Donald J. Trump. What do you have it in there? Do you have just the text of the speeches and plenty of commentary from you? Ten yeah, seconds. Yeah.
5: Well, open, opening opening uh, forward by me, which is about I don't know, about uh, twenty five hundred words. And then the text of the actual twenty seven speeches my wife and I chose out of about one hundred fifty speeches.
2: I'd like to do a book like that. One essay and then everybody else writes the... <laughs> that's, 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 that's a...
5: I like it, Craig, very, very much.
2: And, of course, you've done some books, you know, woof, boy, 800 pages that are absolutely fantastic, the Reagan books. To be continued, gentlemen, I'll be right back. Thank
3: you,
2: Craig. Well, fatherhood, parenthood, my wife and I, we love it. Uh, So when Annalise, who is two years older than her little sister, when they first met, Annalise announces, I don't like it, and then runs away. Uh, But here, she's kissing her little sister. Now, I'm very good myself. So I walked in this morning. They were both crying like crazy. I don't have a video, but I have audio of what happened. And I think I've got the touch. Please, please, come here, honey. Very good. Not bad, right? I don't know what my wife is making such a big deal out of it. It's so easy to manage these kids. She does a great job. All right. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. I hope you had a great week and then let's make the most of it. huh? Uh, take care.